Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and uh, welcome to another episode. Um, This song, I only know the remix with Jay-Z, Forever Young. I didn't know who sang the original. I don't know. For some reason, I thought, um, what's his name? Sting or um, Neil Diamond sang this song, but apparently it's from um, Alphaville. And fun fact... This song was not actually about the topic at hand. It was about um, the Cold War that was happening in the 80s. And it was basically, the song was about telling everyone, like, live for now um, before they drop a nuclear bomb on us. <laughs> so that was basically what the song was about. Because I had to look up, like, the lyrics. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I kind of see why they would talk about like bombs and whatever because they do I think mention like are they gonna drop the bomb or not so yeah um so I found two funny definitions about like what this topic is about um according as you can see I'm kind of keeping lip on what the real topic of this conversation is but maybe you could kind of tell afterwards um according to verywellmind.com a midlife crisis is a phase that helps people feel youthful again as they struggle to come to terms with the fact that their lives are half over i think that's hilarious and the second one that i found um this was just randomly on Wikipedia. It's like, uh, it says a midlife crisis is a transition of identity and self-confidence that can occur in mid-age individual, typically from 45 to 65 years old. Um, as you could probably tell, today's topic is about midlife crisis. Um, I think this topic is hilarious only because if you actually, my friend, you know what I look like pre-COVID, you notice that I have, you know, went through some changes physically and I've done certain things that people are just like, whoa. Um, so I got a whole bunch of tattoos. Uh, I have spacers. Um, I did I did a solo trip. Um, what, have I, what else have I done during this pandemic? I think I did something else. And everyone's like, everyone always asks me, are you going through like a midlife crisis? Are you going through a midlife crisis? And I'm just like, guys, I'm 32. I'm not midlife. Like, if this is midlife, then bro, bro, I'm wasting my midlife crisis then. Because like, usually when you think of midlife crisis, you think of like that, that, that 50 year old that gets like a, a, like a red Lamborghini and pierces his ears for the first time. Or like a woman, a woman who's like, in that age range as well and she just like dyes her hair some weird color and she gets her boobs done and she starts wearing clothes that she just has no reason to wear like that's what I think of like when you think of like your movies and you see these people going through midlife crisis those are the things that come to mind so me getting spacers at 30 and getting tattoos from 31 I just even though I had a tattoo my first tattoo was at 18 I just don't see how but I've talked to a couple people that clearly said I'm going through a midlife crisis and then they're like we don't really believe you're going through a midlife crisis it's just that you're just catching up on a lot of things and I'm just like hell yes I have been pregnant and breastfeeding since 2014 like I have a lot to catch up on a lot a lot and um, I wanted to get it done. Like, I want, I've want, i always wanted spacers, but not in my mom's house. And 
I already had a tattoo, but I wanted more. Um, I just, from the age of 18 to maybe like 25, I never really knew what I wanted to get. And then before I found out I was pregnant with Brielle, because after Avery, I thought I was completely done. And yeah, so before I found out that I was pregnant with Brielle, like I was even looking into like a couple of um, tattoo artists and I actually put in a request um, for one of my tattoo artists like a consultation the one that I actually I have actually gone to her thank god I stuck to my guns and went with her um and I had to cancel it because I found I was pregnant and so I've always wanted to get tattoos and another reason why people believe I'm going through my life crisis because I went to um I went to Alberta by myself particularly Banff they're like oh that's crazy you're doing all these things I'm just like Bro, I went a weekend to another province. I didn't do no eat, love, pray kind of situation. Like, that, oh, that's another example of, I believe, a midlife crisis. But that's a good movie. And I would eventually love to have a midlife crisis like that. I want to, I want to eat. I would love to go find somewhere to be, like, at peace. Um, That's her prey. And... I mean, on the last leg, maybe Keaton can join me because I'm not trying to fall in love with anyone across the world. Um, no, he could fly across the world and we could have our love there. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about getting fat in Italy and finding peace in, um, where was it, India? I think she went to India. Then she went to Bali. Yeah. So that's a kind of midlife crisis that I want to have. And also, according to VeryWellMind.com, there was a study that was done, um, and the poll confirmed that 26% of males and females from the age of uh, 40 to 50 have actually had a midlife crisis. And it's crazy. They say that um, a midlife crisis is usually brought on by like a major event such as like tragedy, divorce, loss of job, relocation. Those things could kind of like trigger that. Oh, let me just kind of gather everything up that I wanted to do and do it all now. Um, but they also, people also say, well, studies have also shown that people sometimes um, mistake depression with midlife crisis. And I, and I could see why, because a lot of people that are, not a lot, but some people when they're depressed, they tend to do like, as other people would call it, irrational things. Like, I guess according to other people, me getting uh, a sleeve during the pandemic was irrational or me getting spacers was irrational. But I always say to people, I'm like, you guys, I could understand this if I'm just like 45 or 50, but... I am 31 turning two in the end of the year. So like, I am not old. I am not old. So I don't understand why even suggest that. But like they say that they're, 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 they people also confuse it with depression. And if you know that, that's something that I still um, consistently struggle with. So I could see, but like depression wouldn't cause me to get a sleeve or spacers. But um, it's just things that I wanted to do. And it was just, it was available uh, during the pandemic. Because um, particularly with the tattoos, before that, I hadn't worked for two years because I was a stay-at-home mom. 
So being able to like physically work for my money and um, like being able to do things that I want to do was really good. I, I, I loved it. Um, I, I was actually saying to Keaton today, I'm just like, even when I wasn't working, it was so weird to like have to come to you for like money and being like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. So when the pandemic hit and um, Keaton had to go on leave of absence just because of his job and I started working and I started seeing like pay stubs, paycheck, I felt so like, I felt so good. So I was, I just wanted to spend my money because Keaton was still majorly taking care of the bills. I, I just wanted to spend my money on things that I actually wanted. So that's where that came into play. Like just buying a whole bunch of stuff that I really didn't need. And then doing things um, that I wanted to do. Like it felt good. So that's why I did it. It had nothing to do with like depression or um, a midlife crisis or anything. So I'm going to just happen I guess you could say that's like a, a major event change but yeah that's why when people ask me they're like oh you know how was the pandemic for you I say it was amazing I have no qualms about the pandemic like I literally have none the pandemic was everything let's do it again I didn't have to see people that I didn't want to see I didn't have to, oh, thank god Another major, I know this is not a part of midlife crisis, but like one thing I absolutely loved about the pandemic is I didn't have to touch other people. No hugging, no handshake, no nothing. It, it ugh. I, I hate hugging people and I hate touching people. So it all worked out for me. And another thing too is, oh, I just remember this, like, like right before like everything went into lockdown and I would go to like the nearest mall, basically the mall in um where I live, I would see so much people that I went to high school with or so much people that like I worked with or what have you not. And because of my mask, I didn't have to talk to them because they didn't know it was me, but I knew it was them. They didn't know it was me and I could literally look them like pass them by and not have to worry about the the awkward oh so how are things now like how are you doing and it sounds bad but like I hate that the small talk I hate the small talk and of course if you see someone that you haven't seen in a long time they're gonna reach in the hug and then I'm gonna look like a horrible person by kind of just not hugging them at all like sometimes I really just want to just do a stiff hand sometimes I do a stiff hand but I don't want to seem so cold so I just hope the hug just is like literally in out but you know some people love to hug for a long time so at my church there's this um session um they sing a song about greeting one another and you're supposed to get up and shake hands or hug or what have you not and look like ask anyone that i've gone to church with i am always sitting down and for like the past six years I, whenever that part comes on, I strategically take my child out of wherever the heck they are, whether it be on a seat or someone's holding them, I take them and I just put them in my lap because that is my shield, my guard from anyone touching me or hugging me. And I feel so good about it. So I just didn't want to have to deal with that. So those are two reasons why the pandemic has been like freaking amazing for me. Just so basically physic physical, social contact with people. 
Like, on social media, I'm popping. Like, we can have a long conversation. You want to text me? Boom, boom, boom. We're good. But to actually, like, sit down and talk to people that I don't necessarily want to talk to in that moment, this this has definitely been great. Um, okay, so back to the topic, which is midlife crisis. Um, there's certain signs you can look for um, to see if this is a midlife crisis versus depression. Like, for depression, there's, like, two major signs um, that it is depression, is the fact that you're always fatigued and you might have, like, really erratic um, emotional dips and highs. Yeah, dips and highs. Um, whereas for midlife crisis, um, you might feel unfulfilled in life. You might have a lot of feeling of nostalgia, constantly like remembering things from the past, feeling bored, like agitated, always wanting to do things on an impulse. Um, <laughs> this one's funny. Drama- this, cause this is funny towards me. Uh, dramatic changes in appearance and behaviors and um another thing is consistently feeling regrets of course i think in life you go through probably all of them when they're all staggered and what have you not but i think particularly for the ages of 45 to 65 if that's your constant state of being just like forever thinking about the past trying to do things that you've uh regret you know trying to figure out things how to trying to to do things that you didn't do before and struggling with regrets that's what i'm trying to say when you do all those at once i think that's when you fall under the midlife crisis yes i have changed my appearance (laughs) but these are not like drastic change like my spacers are not huge 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 like i could still potentially go without you even knowing i have a spacer um you only see my tattoos in the summer because no one's going to really see it in the winter. Um, so there are some things that we can all draw from. But I think it's the whole list where they're just like, okay, now you're in the realm of a midlife crisis. So that's where I I am definitely not, I know I'm definitely not struggling from a midlife crisis. And I was reading some more about it. And... They were basically saying people that have prolonged midlife crisis syndrome, and I put quotes around that, um, they actually want them to seek help. I didn't even know it was that serious where if I'm struggling or if I'm in like a state of a midlife crisis, they, they, they tell you to go talk to a therapist. I personally do not have a therapist. I do want one. Um, if you have any suggestions where to find one, not your particular therapist. I I just don't feel comfortable sharing therapists with people. But like, where to find one, let me know. Because I really, um, I'm assuming it's important. That's what everyone's telling me, to have a therapist. So I really want to get one. But yeah, they tell people who are struggling for midlife crisis to actually consider um, finding a therapist and actually talking about um, what it is that you're going through and also how it's affecting other people. Because if you watch like movies with like men and women that go through midlife crisis, they actually deplete the bank quite suddenly and like in large funds, um, amounts when it comes to their funds. Because it's like when you think of those movies, you think of, oh, uh, um, a botched um, plastic surgery or like a fancy brand new sleek car like those are the things that you think about 
when you think about midlife crisis or you think of that that dad that gets a tan or like his ears pierce and starts dating younger women it's just weird anyways those are like the like the impressions that i get so i can understand how they might ask you how does this like time of your life um affect other people um i i don't think everyone's gonna go through this but it's actually funny to see people go through it and i've only ever really seen it on movies but like in movies and you also like kind of like see the end results especially if they're if the person going through the midlife crisis is the main character you always see them somewhat come out of it and they're just kind of just like okay let me put, let me put back on my khakis and my new balance and let me go get the minivan back <laughs> because they kind of like okay you know i i went through it it's whatever now i'm back because um i think that's what is meant to happen you're supposed to go through that time and then kind of come back to reality like hey um i'm 52 i'm about to hit retirement uh self tanning or tanning booth is not for me and i and i and i'm sure there there are different ways um people with color <laughs> go through a midlife crisis i don't know any if you know some let me know but like these are just movies it's, it's always usually like the white guy named tom who has a wife that is a stay-at-home mom and they have 3.5 kids with a dog and a white fence I feel like midlife crisis and this is just between me and you is for like rich people. Rich people, legit, because you can afford to do some bullshit and not have to um deal like with the major repercussions of it. I don't think midlife crises are for for people like me financially. But yeah, that's that, that's that's what I like seeing when I watch movies. I like to see them actually snap back to reality. Um, because it's just like, okay, this is not a permanent state that I'm going to forever find myself in. And of course, there are, I'm sure there are some people that never kind of like snap back, um, to reality. So that could be something that you're forever in, which would suck. But, um, I like seeing them come out of it and just be like, okay, cool. I know where I am. I know who I am. And it's also like, as far as I read too, it's also like a struggle um, of identity. And that's why like they say another, other people who suffer from this are people that go through like um, the process of like all their kids have left. And you usually find like a lot of couples who, who are empty nesters. That's the terminology. They usually struggle with who they are as individuals and that is like their thing to kind of figure out who am I as an individual, which I, I don't, I don't even understand. You guys have been together. Majority of those couples have been together for like 20 plus years. You want to now think about individuality, but whatever, I guess, I guess when your life is all about, um, kids, wife, husband, um, your nine to five and all that stuff like that. Like you're so consumed with these extra titles that you don't even know who you are as a person. I think that's something that I'm I'm struggling with now. And because of COVID, I was able to kind of 
you know, remember, even though it's only been seven years, remember who I am as an individual and not just um, a mother, a wife, a daughter, and all those other titles. So I think that's when a lot of empty nesters go through that phase. So that's when you find them, a lot of them, they trade in their minivan for like a Lamborghini or whatever the case is. Um, but I think with all that said, the point of this whole episode is that I'm not going through a midlife crisis, okay? Because I've given you multiple examples on how this can't possibly be me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't care to hear it anymore. Um, I'm good. For all of you guys asking, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not crazy. Um, I'm not going through anything. I think I'm I'm just doing everything that I've known I would have done. So like getting tattoos, like I knew I was going to get that. Spaces, I didn't even think Keaton would go for that. Um, going on, going on solo trips, I've always wanted to do that. Um, I just never had the time because before Keaton, I was just always working. And if I wasn't working, I was broke. So solo aware. And then also because of the, the job that Keaton has, it allows me to go on these solo trips. So yeah, I'm good, y'all. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I know a lot of people have been wondering, oh, you know, it's been two months when another episode is. I, I don't think I mentioned this in the first episode. I will be dropping like week after week, maybe for like a solid like month and a half. And then I'm just going to go on like a month and a half break and then do it all over again. I just don't want to get burnt out and always having to come up with you know, episodes and stuff like that. Because like I said before, like I have multiple titles and a lot of those do come first. This has to like take the back burner in a sense. So that's how it's gonna gonna go. If you get lonely and want to hear my voice again, you could always just re-listen to any other episodes or um, I'm sure you can find another podcast. I don't know. It's up to you. But yeah, I will be coming back um, after like taking a month and a half break and what have you not. So I didn't give up for all the people that thought because of my um, problem with commitment that I wasn't coming back. I was definitely coming back. I just wanted to come back um, like after taking a break and being exhausted from just talking and talking and talking because a lot of those episodes I just did boom 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 right after the other so I like to talk but I like to have like an actual conversation it's just something to get used to especially when I'm doing like the episodes like by myself and stuff like that but I will be coming back with guests um I actually have a good episode with Keaton coming up next but we will be coming back. Um, I will be coming back. Um, I haven't left. So I want to thank you for entertaining me with your audience once again. And as always, this this podcast is about truths on what specialists say and then my personal truth. This is all my opinion. And that's how it's going to remain because, you know, it's my podcast, so. Anyways, have a good morning, good afternoon, and good night.